0: Hello, I am Odo Ojong. I am um, introducing a new podcast called Soccer Fever. We are going to be talking about football and strictly soccer for now. We are building up um, towards the global phenomenon known as the World Cup. The World Cup is uh, the biggest sporting fiesta in the world over. Uh, once in four years uh, a football showcase of um, the very best footballing nations across the world. Continents of uh, North America and South America, Africa, Europe, Asia. Uh, so we are expecting that it's going to be a big one. Uh, we'll be monitoring the progress of uh, my own country's national football team, the Super Eagles. Super Eagles are, are qualified for the World Cup and uh, would be representing one of the five nations representing Africa alongside Senegal, uh, Egypt, Tunisia, and Morocco. Super Eagles is going to the World Cup with the the youngest average age of uh, all the teams participating in the World Cup. Uh, Nigerians are pretty excited about the chances of the team, a young team that has players from uh, Arsenal Football Club of England, uh, Alexi Wobi, Chelsea Football Club, who just won the English FA Cup, uh, Victor Moses. We have experienced hands like uh, Michael Johnobi, the captain. We also have um, uh, young players from the uh, Italian League, the English uh, EPL, We have a representative from uh, the Bundesliga as well and some other leagues in Europe. So it's a a young team with a lot of players that I would put in the category of X Factor. So we would be having um, a weekly podcast as we build up towards the big one, the World Cup. But then again, we would look at games, the friendly games for the Super Eagles in preparation for the World Cup. Nigerian would be squared up against uh, DR Congo in the Port City of Nigeria on the 28th. That is a Monday. And uh, after which, on the 2nd of June, the Super Eagles would go to England at Wembley to uh, take on the, the English national team, the Three Lions. That would be a big one. <laughs> so, um, which uh, the Super Eagles will in their preparations. We would also be analysing the the UEFA Champions League final between Liverpool, England and uh, Real Madrid. So, um, we would be watching this one closely and um, we'll be discussing the best football actions for the summer. Uh, this is twenty-seven May, Children's Day celebration and um, we are waking up to a new day. A new day, uh, realizing that um, Real Madrid football club side are now 30 times UEFA Champions League winners. They are kings of Europe for 18 times now. Um, it's a, a big one. Real Madrid have now won the UEFA Champions League uh, three times in the four times in the past five years. So that that's huge. Uh, so congratulations to Zidane and uh, all the players and everybody associated with the Real Madrid family. It's a, a wonderful achievement. But um, as a football analyst, uh, one thing strikes my memory: Real Madrid have managed to win the Champions League three times in a row and four times in the past five years without really defining an era. Now, what do I mean by to define an era? We can think of some of the great teams that have uh, dominated European football over the past few years, the total football team, Barcelona's, um, UN and Cruyff's Barcelona's team, that um, were very dominant, although they won one Champions League, uh, but uh, they also won uh, numerous uh, La Liga titles, then, of course, that great Pep Guardiola-Barcelona team that did the treble. Then, um, but the point is this. Um, we have seen great teams dominated European football. They have been ruthless in their domestic league. They have um, been ruthless at, uh, at uh, the European stage. But this Real Madrid team, in five years, though they have won the Champions League three, four times, in five years, but they've won the La Liga, their own domestic competition, just once, you know. And you have to also appreciate the fact that as much as we, the media wants to hype the Champions League and make it a very glamorous event, which it truly is, it's a knockout football. And there are a lot of um, issues that you have to consider. You don't get to play all the best teams to become champions of Europe. You just get to play the teams that are put before you. And um, a referee's decision is more crucial in in a knockout competition than in a league competition. So how do you tell me that a team that finished 17 points behind one of the worst Barcelona teams we've seen in the past five, six years is truly the best team in Europe? How do you tell me that a Liverpool side that just managed to get into the top four is truly the best English team in, in, in Europe this season? so knockout football is glamorous it has this edge about it and all that there's no second chance but to me the true test of a team's strength still lies in their performance over 38 games in a league season or 34 as the case may be in the bundesliga so um we we congratulate Real Madrid, but um, I don't necessarily feel that they are the best teams in Europe. I don't think that Real Madrid is is, is more dominant force than Manchester City, perhaps, or even the Barcelona that they played in the same league together. And I and, and I see going forward that uh, the UEFA Champions League um, would evolve and uh, like as Venger said in his parting shot where he left arsenal that uh, a, a a super league is going to come up soon to replace the, the UEFA champions league and i think a super league will take a league format that would involve the, the very best teams in europe that would put themselves together as a as a league and play each other like we have in the regular uh, domestic european season so um congratulations once again but um I still hold my opinion that Real Madrid do have won four in the past five years, but they haven't defined an era, they haven't dominated an era, and you cannot look at that team and say that this is a team that really dominated an era in European football.